What's up, ladies? Welcome to the Urban Christian Woman podcast, where we seek to restore women with God's truth for their everyday lives. I'm Tashiba Oliver. And I'm Leah Ross, and we're your hosts. This season, we've got some exciting things in store. So join us as we study God's word, celebrate women living faithfully on mission, and dive into cultural issues through a biblical lens. You ready, Tashiba? Girl, yeah, I'm ready. All right, let's, let's go. go. Hey, ladies, welcome back to the Urban Christian Woman Podcast. Welcome back. And we are, we have the joy and delight of being in the midst of a series on spiritual formation. Mm -hmm. We have a guest this morning today who's going to bring us into a conversation that all of us think about Mm -hmm. and that all of us talk about. Buckle up, ladies. Buckle up. Your devices, tech, and what that means for our spiritual formation. Mm -hmm. And so we have with us today, Felicia. Shibu Song, welcome so much, Dr. Song. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. Yes, we're so glad you're here. Dr. Mm -hmm. Song is a sociologist. She studies the social and cultural effects of digital technologies on community and identity in contemporary life. Y'all, it's just all the good things. All the good things. She's trained in history, communication studies, and sociology from Yale, Northwestern, and University of Virginia, and right now is a professor of sociology at Westmont College in California, for which we are all jealous that she is there. (laughs) Uh, But um, Dr. Song, you wrote a book called Restless Devices, Recovering Personhood, Presence, and Place in the Digital Age. And so that's going to guide very much of our conversation today. Um, just thinking about how our digital habits form us um, mm. and form the way we think about what it means to be human. So we're so glad you're here. Um, tell us about anything else you want to tell us about yourself and um, how we're entering into this conversation. Yeah, sure. So, well, I'm originally an East Coaster, if that buys me any cred. Yes. Um, yes. <laughs> I grew up in New Jersey, went to school in Connecticut and all that. Um, so I think of myself at heart as an East Coaster living in the West Coast who's raising uh, West Coast kids. I've got a 14-year-old and a 19-year-old. And so um, I'm, uh, you know, I don't know if the other women out there who are listening also have children, but I'm in the thick of it just as much as every other mm-hmm. parent mm-hmm. mom is um, in trying to navigate this whole new landscape of digital devices. Um, so I bring mm-hmm. all of that into the way that I think about technology um, and just my approach to the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All of us can identify with that. Yeah, we can definitely identify can. with that. And Dr. Wusong, could you tell us a little bit more about how you came to writing Restless Devices? I know there is like a culture within Christendom where a lot of the resources have said, how do we not just use tech less, but almost like get rid of it, you know, like don't give it to your kids until they're this age. Amish. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, how do, how did you get to writing restless devices and even just the interest of technology? as well. Yeah, sure. So, um, I'm really old. Um, I like to, I like to put where, where, how old I am by saying that when I was in college, 
that was when my senior year was when we got our first email accounts. Mm-hmm. That's how old I am. Um, and so um, I've been thinking about technology since I graduated from college, um, in part because this email had started um, changing the ways that people communicated in relationships, in school, and in work. And right after college, I actually spent a year teaching at a high school, a private school. Um, it was a boarding school, and they also had just introduced email to this school in which um, they really emphasized community. Mm-hmm. And what really struck me during that time was that while all the young women received email accounts and it was the same as what I saw in college, changing the way that friends were talking to each other, how they were making plans and so forth. What struck me was I was teaching in a school that talked about community, emphasized it, prioritized it, but we had zero conversations about the new email accounts. Mm. There's zero debates. There's zero even just curiosity about what's happening to our community mm-hmm. with the introduction of this new way of communicating and relating to each other. And so from there on, I became very interested in how in American society as a culture, um, we have for a very long time been a society that just kind of adopts and embraces technology without much conversation, without mm-hmm. much mm-hmm. reflection of, oh, where's this going to lead us? How is this going to change the way we do things and the way we relate to each other? And because I was teaching young people, I was also really interested in how that was impacting their identities, their sense of self with these new technologies. And so that led to years of grad school over education, Um, but then to Restless Devices, which has always been on my heart as something a, a kind of book that I wanted to write because as an academic sociologist, a lot of the research that I do in my mm-hmm. discipline, I can't integrate my faith. I can't integrate my um, theological orientation. Mm-hmm. And so Restless Devices, because I, I am teaching at a Christian institution now, I could write a book that really brought together the the tools of sociology that can help us understand what is happening. Mm-hmm. And then um, have a second part of the book that actually says, hey, people of faith who are out there, if this is concerning to you, if you're also stressed out and, and challenged by how to live with these devices, what are the resources that we have already in our mm-hmm. faith traditions, in our practices mm-hmm. that can equip us, right? Um, what ways of relating to each other, to God, to our world around us already should be framing and getting us to ask really good questions and having conversations in our faith communities about, hey, what is, what's all, all this technology doing to us? Mm-hmm. Um, and how can we live in a way that is consistent right? That is is aligned with the things we profess to believe. And so that was all kind of the motivation behind um, writing a book that that I was already 
hearing around me. Like people were already talking, right? I'm like, right. I'm so exhausted by my technology. I don't know mm-hmm. what to do with my kids. Mm-hmm. I don't know what to do with myself. I can't stop checking, right? Um, and mm-hmm. so all those conversations really fed into the book. Mm-hmm. Mm. I love that you said that at, at the time, I mean, that our culture, American culture in particular, um, is just, um, they were not reflecting, they, they, they were not reflecting on what technology was doing to them and how it was coming about and all of those things. And I, I would say that a huge part of Western culture mm-hmm. is just not reflective. And mm-hmm. we see the impacts of that. Um, as women of color, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and mm-hmm. culturally, and um, I, I love that the gospel and the kingdom of God is totally mm-hmm. wrapped in being able to be reflective. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. we cannot uh, have an awareness that we need a savior if we don't know that. Mm-hmm there is something yeah, going yeah. that's right, mm-hmm. that's impacting us, that is not well with us, mm-hmm. right? This need. Mm-hmm. And so we, when we talk about spiritual formation, being formed into the image of God as God's people, right? For the good of others. We know that we are made for communion with God. And so how does technology cause us to compromise that communion? Mm. Yeah, so I think on a on a really surface level, mm-hmm. um, a lot of us can say, "Oh, um, I'm so addicted to my devices. I should be praying. I should be spending more time praying than you know scrolling through my TikTok or whatever." Right? And 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 maybe there there is truth uh, to that conviction that some mm-hmm. of us might feel, and we we may indeed need to heed that. But what I'm interested in is actually the way in which um uh we are trained we are so trained up in the the habits of mind and the habits of self-presentation and relationship through our devices mm. that what we think is communion actually isn't <laughs> right that mm-hmm. is when we're when we are um connecting with people, whether it is on social media or through messaging, right? We are, we, we feel like we're in relationship, right? We Mm -hmm. feel like we're, we're belonging. We feel like we are, um, being our true self. Um, maybe some of us don't, and we know that, Mm -hmm. right? But, but, Mm -hmm. um, what the gospel promises people is actually so much more profound and loving, quite frankly, mm-hmm. um, in what communion with God is. And so just quick example, right? So on social media, when we are connecting with each other, that connection is completely restricted and framed mm-hmm. within a system of performance, Right. Mm. That says, hey, you need to post this kind of picture or say this kind of thing to get this like, to get this retweet, mm. this whatever. Right. Mm. All the affirmation um, cycles that we yeah. are all chasing is all built into our attempts to actually relate. Right. Yeah. It, it is so human to want to relate and to commune 
and to connect. We want to belong, and that's all beautiful. But when we send those desires through the pipeline of social media, through our devices, it distorts it, right? It distorts Mm -hmm. what we think communion is because we end up feeling like we need to put on our best self. We can Mm. only post the best coffee we're drinking. We can only, right? When in fact, our communion with God is something that invites all of who we are, right. all of our vulnerabilities, all of our weaknesses, and God saying to us, I love all of you. I don't mm-hmm. I don't need you to, to hide that. Mm-hmm. Right. And we discover that that we are still loved. Mm-hmm. And 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 that is what heals us, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we don't need to always be um performing, right? All the time. And so I think that's the the main concern, right, that I have yeah. about how technology kind of shapes what we expect of each other and what we expect of God. And it it really narrows down what we think relationship and communion can be. Hey ladies, I gotta put you onto something for this holiday season, Foray Jewelry. It's not just jewelry, it's a whole vibe, kingdom and ethical straight out of St. Louis. I love that the organization empowers refugee women with skills and work that they can do in the office or at home. It's like wearable art with a backstory that hits you right in the heart. All of their jewelry is handmade by refugee women. I grabbed the journey ring, the brass collar, and the Zoom Zoom earrings because I'm more of a minimalist kind of black woman. But Leah, what'd you grab? Girl, I got the Indra Staple Threader gold earrings and the Asmara Hammered Loop earrings in brass because me, I'm a textured and statement gal through and through. And ladies, right now until December 31st, Foray is giving you a blessing with a 15% off discount code. When you purchase, just put in TUCW as the promo code and you are good to go. Give back while getting decked out and check them out, ladies, at foray.org. That's F-O-R-A-I.org. Our style, their story. I love what you just said about sending it through a certain channel that then forms how it's interpreted. Like Mm. it's, you know, it's filtered a certain way or it's, you know, Mm. through um, the, the energy of an algorithm or a hashtag or whatever. Right. But we're called to not. So I guess my question for you, this is just a thing that, sprung into my mind as you were talking, mm-hmm. we're not intended to send it through that such a narrow channel. Mm-hmm. What is the, what words would you use to express like how we're meant to pursue that? Not through this narrow channel, but what is the vision that you want to cast for women that is broader than that? That talks about maybe that freedom of mm-hmm. full acceptance before God? Like, how are we really meant to experience As that? beloved children of God, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I think that's where, um, I think it's fascinating how our technology shapes our sense of self-worth. And um, when we take the story that we are taught through social media and our devices about where our self-worth lies, right? It might look like self-worth in our digital world looks like productivity. It looks like 
sexy images, funny images, mm-hmm. right? Stuff that's going to get the attention, get people um, to to always want to hear from us, right? It's very self-focused. Mm-hmm. Whereas, whereas the story of the gospel and the story of what it means to be um, in communion with God is exactly the word you use is freedom, right? Mm-hmm. It's actually a freedom of self where, where we enter into relationship with God, um, knowing that we are already accepted. Mm-hmm. Like I don't even need to do anything right to prove worth. Mm-hmm. Um, and that there are, all the aspects of my life and who I am is a delight mm-hmm. and a beautiful, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? A, a beautiful thing for God to, to behold. Even the weaknesses, even the flaws, even the mm. failures, right? That's, that's what is built into, you know, practices of confession and repentance, mm. right? God says, yes, I, I want to hear you cry out. I, I long to, right, have you unburden yourself yeah. so that you can be whole, right? And that just, that isn't taught to us at all in the digital mm-hmm. world, right? Like there's yeah. no sense of confession, repentance, unburdening, because you're going to get crushed. Yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> do that. Right. Um, okay. And that's such a key part, I think, of becoming free. Right, becoming free to be present um, to God mm. and um to be also also, I would say, to be able to be quiet enough, mm. still enough, right? Social media, digital, there's no stillness. Mm-hmm. You're constantly, so right. you're constantly posting, you're con- you have to always be responding all the time, otherwise you don't exist. Right. Mm-hmm. People just forget mm-hmm. about you. Right. They think yeah. you're they think you, that you're ignoring them or you're doing, you know, you're angry. at them. No, there's none of that. Right. It's the the gospel is like, no, like God just wants to be yeah. with us. And yeah. that's all we need to be. Like we yeah. can just be still. Right. There's such a comfort that we have so much to lean into. That mm-hmm. is a challenge for us, I think, in this particular time and age mm-hmm. because of of our digital landscape. Yeah. And the whole, the, this conversation, this series that you're in is about spiritual formation. So I'm thinking about how mm. those rhythms of whether mm. we're resting in what God has provided to us through confession mm. and repentance mm-hmm. and, and his love and his mm-hmm. presence, all of those rhythms are so freeing. And yet we're being formed by yeah. Yeah. these and, other rhythms that are enslaving. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we really wanted this series to, which is why we're so grateful for you, your voice, and your work. We feel like this is the main pull with our listenership yeah. is around the devices. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I'm excited that you're like leading this conversation for spiritual formation because exactly what you're saying is coming after in this series mm-hmm. with Dr. Peacock and um, Mrs. McIntosh around stillness, hearing the voice of mm-hmm. God. How do we practice that? How do we be still so that we can pray, mm-hmm. right? Like these simple rhythms, like memorizing scripture, but meditating just on that one verse mm-hmm. is like embodied formation. 
Yes. <laughs> that is yeah. physical yeah. presence. Yeah. You know? So, so yeah, so let's start to let's talk about let's talk about it, girl. formation and spiritual formation really mm-hmm. as it relates to whether we're being formed by God or by tech. And so I I guess um man, there's so much there, but in in your book you talk about liturgies mm-hmm. that and and how liturgy can be used to form us into worship. I know that um, some of our listeners come from liturgical backgrounds and some don't. Mm-hmm. So maybe you could give us like a 101 explanation of what is a liturgy um, and the impact of these uh, secular liturgies mm-hmm. and the counter liturgy that God draws us into. Mm. Yeah, sure. Yeah, so in the book, I, I do write about the secular liturgies and counter liturgies in relationship to technology and and I need to credit Jamie Smith's work, um, You Are What You Love, for providing that framework that I found really helpful. Mm-hmm. And so the idea is that um, all of us engage in liturgies of some kind. And liturgies are, are basically routines or habits that we practice um, in ways that come to form us and that come to direct um, our loves direct what we end up worshiping. Um, and, and so behind the idea of, of kind of the, the term liturgy is that um, we all are worshiping something or someone at any moment, right? Mm-hmm. Um, whether we intend to, whether we know that we're doing mm-hmm. it or not um, is, right. is immaterial, right? right. Um, our heart is already directed towards facing forward to drawn to someone or something all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And so um, what secular liturgies are, are just the type of unreflective, there's that word again, reflection, right? The unreflective habits or routines that we kind of pick up along the way in our society. We don't really think about them. It's just what we, Mm. what everyone is doing. Um, And those habits actually um, form us away from the kingdom of God, right? So I I frame that as a lot of our digital practices, like um, checking my phone whenever I have a break, right? Um, Or using using it as the way to wind down, quote unquote, right? Or um, that these are, you know, they seem perfectly normal. They seem perfectly, right? Like uh, on the surface, like there's nothing bad about Mm -hmm. it. Um, but it is forming us mm-hmm. um, in in deep, deep ways yeah. away from another way of living, right? Mm-hmm. Another way of living into God's kingdom. And so counter liturgies are other alternative practices and habits that we can choose to adopt as a form of resistance to these secular liturgies that says, hey, I know. I just cannot stop checking my phone, right? Like I am so drawn to that social media feed or I am so drawn to needing to deal with my email inbox, right? Mm-hmm. I am like, I think one of you used the word, I'm enslaved. Like I know I that like I, I am enslaved under the tyranny, right? Of this platform. Mm-hmm. We know this. And so we can adopt counter liturgies that, that seek to start resisting yeah. the power of that secular liturgy and says, no, I want to adopt this other practice that actually redirects me yeah. towards God, towards the kingdom of God, and 
and starts to train me in a different way. I always like to, you know, reach out to the artists, the athletes, the musicians in the room, Mm -hmm. folks that know what it means to train, Mm -hmm. train in your scales, train in your, right? It's like, you just have to keep doing it Mm. until it just comes naturally to your body. You're not even thinking about it. Right. And it is affecting you. It's affecting the way you see. Literally, it's affecting how you hear music. Right. It's, it's, it's profoundly in our bodies, Mm -hmm. which we could have a whole conversation about. (laughs) Um, But it is, it is a, a, a a very embodied understanding of how spiritual formation works. It's not just knowledge, insight, which is important and significant. But it is saying, no, we need to train our bodies um, in ways that can help us resist a very powerful system Mm -hmm. of persuasion that is everywhere now in our lives, everywhere we turn. Ladies, if you're enjoying the ministry and content of The Urban Christian Woman, would you take a minute to write a review and give us a rating on iTunes? Our goal is to get truth into the hands of urban women. You can help us by leaving even a one-sentence review and some stars. This simple act will help increase our visibility for more women to find this podcast and resources to help equip them in their everyday lives. So girl, what you waiting for? Just go ahead and do it right now. And if you haven't yet, join our community on social media. You can find us on Instagram at The Urban Christian Woman, Facebook, The Urban Christian Woman, and on our website, which is theurbanchristianwoman.com. Yes to that, because it, it is, we don't, I, I think there is, um, a, there is less power when we don't view it as an embodied battle, right? Like we're not using our whole selves to resist, um, but it requires our whole selves to resist. It requires our whole selves to resist and to put that energy towards being formed in the way that God wants us to be formed and that he has said it is actually good for us and will lead to our flourishing. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that that's a really important piece too, is that mm-hmm. it's actually mm-hmm. for our flourishing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's he knows freedom. what's good for That's us. He wants us to be free. Yeah. yeah. Freedom is flourishing mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. God's kingdom economy. Right. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and yet we, because it's not tangible like our devices, mm-hmm. it is hard to set our mind on things above. Right. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. he commands us to. Yeah. Mm. Well, and that. Mm. I think, and where I kind of want to leave the conversation next is yeah. that there is a tangible way to experience it that is different from what is offered behind a flat black screen on our devices. Yeah. You know? Yeah. If you think about what the gift that God has given us of family, the church, the physical presence of community, I think that how we use that physical presence as a tool for right. our, our counter liturgies, as a tool for our formation mm-hmm. is a really, I think that's a really great thing for us to think about and talk about. Yeah. And it's something that is offered differently than what is offered through our devices, if that makes sense. So I, I kind of mm-hmm. want, I kind of want us to go there of like talking about the church and the embodied presence being a part of how we are formed mm-hmm. towards those counter liturgies. Mm-hmm. 
how can, um, I guess, talk to us, Dr. Song, about living in an embodied community like the church and what it offers that's different than what is offered through our digital devices. In virtual yeah. church, in virtual church, as we call mm-hmm. <laughs> I know it's going to step yeah. on some toes. I love yeah, y'all. Yeah, ladies. yeah, no, exactly. I, I was like, well, that's ladies. another conversation. Do you want to come for them or no? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, like you said, that's another conversation entirely. <laughs> yeah. Well, so um, I just want to say one thing um, that came to my mind when y'all were talking about God's desire for our flourishing. I always like to remind people that the companies that create our devices, the companies that design the platforms, all of these companies have zero investment in our flourishing. Talk about it. Zero. Preach, Dr. Musa. <laughs> they do not care about our well-being. They do not care about our children. They do not have any fear even of harming us. Yeah. Right. Mm. They and live in the so, house of folly. Mm. And so it's it's I, I think we just need to recognize that that we are being drawn into mm. a system that does not care for my well-being and is mm. willing to build their success, their profit on my back, on my vulnerability, mm. on my humanness, right? Mm. My human desire for connection and, and worth. And so I think we just need to always remember that when we are when we are feeling drawn in, right? We're being drawn into a system that does not care for me mm-hmm. in the way that God mm-hmm. cares for me, right? Mm-hmm. God longs for my the goodness of my life um, and for my wholeness. And so to the question of church and presence, I think um what is so interesting about physical presence in embodied church experience is that um, we don't get, I mean, there's a lot of things we can say. I always think about how um, the best church experiences I've had have been when I'm with people that I did not choose to be with. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like, okay, oh, I totally know what you're saying, but you can unpack it as well. But we know what you're right. We've when, got when, an idea. <laughs> when I'm online, I only want to be with the people, and I can easily just be with the people that are exactly like me, that like the same things, that believe the same thing. Right? We all admire each other. You know, because we're all admiring ourselves, basically, right? <laughs> uh, when I'm at church, I am confronted mm-hmm. with the glory of another being mm-hmm. and all the ways in which they are not like me mm-hmm. and all the ways in which I can actually learn something, be gifted you know, receive something from this other glorious human being that I may not understand, mm-hmm. right? Um, and that 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 physical embodiment of presence is actually so important, right? Because if we were just texting, if we were just messaging, if we were just emailing, right, we could not communicate so many aspects of our mm-hmm. actual being mm-hmm, with mm-hmm. each other 
Yeah. And I think, again, the best church experiences I've had is not only with people of, of being challenged even by people who are not like me and, and knowing that's actually what the Trinity is. The Trinity is three beings that are not like each other, but mm-hmm. are, are communing with each other somehow. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Mm-hmm. How does that yes. work? I want, I want in. I want right? in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Um, but also the best, and I think everyone would know this and, and has certainly witness this is that the best church experiences are also when in times of need, in times of crisis, there are people that will just come and be with you. Amen. There, there's no words to say. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's nothing, no consolation to utter. Right. They're just, they're going to be there. (laughs) They're just going to sit with you and let you cry, be angry, do whatever you need to do. And it's, and it is that again, the modeling of the, the, of God's desire to love us into freedom, right. Into just being who we are at the moment that we're in um, and discover, wow. Okay. I'm still being held in this time. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's one of the most profound gifts that the church has for the world, right? That we do have practices, traditions, ministries already in place, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That can provide a, a deep, mm-hmm. faithful presence to people um, mm-hmm. that is patient, mm-hmm. um, that is not running off to the next meeting, right? Um, but is just willing to be there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. The yes. very, the very presence. Mm-hmm. Which, and that's the presence of God, right? Which is, it, I mean, that's, it's, it's that's, the, that's yes. what it is. <laughs> yes. His spirit indwells us. Right. Mm-hmm. And so we're experiencing the presence You're of God as we're gathering mm-hmm. with each other, breaking bread together. Mm-hmm. That's what makes the sacrament mm-hmm. so, yeah. mm-hmm. so wholesome. Yeah. And I yeah. think about how that experience, experiencing the presence of God through embodied community, yes. keeps us tender, right? It keeps us soft mm-hmm. in a world that is yeah. constantly trying to yeah. make us hard and judgmental yeah. and rigid and yeah. unforgiving. And being in that, uh, collecting ourselves and collecting our identity from belonging to a community that yes. reflects God yes. keeps us soft. Like it keeps us tender. Yes. In yes. a way that reflects God and, and in a way that allows us to hear from God for him to continue to form us. Like that is just. Yeah. You can't curate human people in the body of Christ. You can't mm-hmm. curate it. Mm-hmm. The, the same way you can curate your timeline. The, the, you can curate. <laughs> that's exactly where I was going. That's exactly where I was going. Is that, you know, this is how the, de- the, the deceiver mm-hmm. operates in the house of wisdom uh, is 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 walking and luring us is what Proverbs, you know, uh, eight and nine are talking about, right? Is that curated? Let me curate mm. my, but but the kingdom of God is not like that. You can't cure. It's just God's image bearers who are uh, agreeing to the, the redemption that Christ has paid on their behalf. 
and is seeking to uh, respond to that in their everyday lives. And so when they fall short, when you go into conflict, I mean, those are some of the, that can't be curated. Do you understand mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like when you experience the forgiveness of another brother or sister because you've sinned against them, man, mm, yeah, embody. Yeah. That is that they're okay. physical print. It's nothing. It's, I'm done. There's so much there. There's I'm, so much there. I am really grateful for the way that you have invited us into thinking about spiritual formation in this way. And, and, and I think that the conversation of being real and reflective about what our devices and what tech is saying mm-hmm. versus how God is inviting us in to be formed is so valuable yeah. in a conversation about discipleship. Yeah. Yeah. So I think to sort of end us out, what, if you were discipling someone in this area of tech and spiritual formation, what is one sort of valuable piece of wisdom that you would want to leave them with? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I do think that technology is actually at the center of our discipleship these days. Like this mm-hmm. is the thing. Yeah. This is the topic area of our life that is driving everything else. How, how we experience time, how we experience each other, how we view God. And so I would encourage um, people to, one, um, be self-reflective about that, right? To to take some time to consider the possibility of how their practices are forming them um, in their relationships with each other, um, in the ways that they experience the world. But I would also encourage people to not fall into the pit of guilt about Mm. this. I think Mm -hmm. it's so easy to just start to really get down on yourself about, oh man, I know I've been trying this, but it's not working and I just can't stop. And I know I'm a bad person and blah, blah, blah. Like Mm. you could go down the train right there. Um, I don't think it's about guilt at all. Um, I think it is about um, actually like when we recognize whatever weak spot we have um, for a particular kind of digital content or a certain kind of dynamic online, that we should actually say, okay, bring that into our prayer life. Lord, when I'm tired, all I want to do is watch Netflix. <laughs> like I, I don't feel like talking to my partner. I don't feel like, you know, journaling. I don't feel like going out for a walk. All I want to do is zone out. And I know that's not the best thing. Lord, I don't know what to do. Help me understand what this is. Right? I think we can bring our, our digital lives into our Ooh. spiritual journeys, right? And have yes. it be the place in which we hear from God and mm-hmm. hear his call and say, hey, child, just go sit under that tree. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Right>? like, <laughs> let's, let's, let's be together, right? And let's yeah. just do it for 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. We don't need people to be saints. Yeah. We don't need people to be, you know, mm-hmm. spiritual champions tomorrow. Yeah. We yeah. just need 10 minutes. And God's going to be so thrilled with just yeah. 10 minutes, right? Yeah. Of our heart, of our yeah. desire to consent 
to being in his presence. So mm-hmm. that's my encouragement. My encouragement is, mm-hmm. is to avoid the guilt trap mm-hmm. and to actually feel hopeful, right? That whatever we do, whatever our eyes may be open to mm-hmm. in our lives, that mm-hmm. we just take that and say, Lord, I see it. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's go. Let's, let's journey here. Mm-hmm. Let's see where this go, goes. Mm-hmm. That's such good encouragement and um, invitation. Uh, Mm -hmm. When you were talking, it made me think of Jesus' words when he goes into the temple uh, from the prophet that the spirit of the Lord is upon Mm -hmm. him to release Mm -hmm. the captives, right? We have been Mm -hmm. captive. Mm -hmm. We have been to set the oppressed free. We have been Uh, oppressed by many of these big tech companies who, like you said, don't care about us. mm -hmm. And so the invitation then to bring that into God's presence is an invitation to say, God, set me free from what has been oppressive and yeah. captivating in a way that is trying to draw me away from you. Yeah. And so that's so I can so, much. so I can proclaim the so year I of the Lord's favor. Free Amen. Absolutely. Redemption. Yeah. Dr. Wu Song, would you pray for us? Yes, I'd be glad to. Lord, we come to you humbled, aware of this captivity that so many of us are under, that we are all struggling with. And we ask that your spirit would move in all those who are listening, all of us who are pondering these perplexing matters, that your spirit would open our eyes, move our hearts to see, to see plainly, feel courage and hope in knowing that you are calling us all the time through your people, through your natural world, through quietness. Um, Help us, Lord, to be drawn to your beauty and your goodness so that we can live well with these technologies, that we can live well in the various aspects of our life that you have blessed us with and that we might come to know your reality of your love um, and your salvation uh, um, more and more. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Have a blessed day, ladies.